We think that Toko Trienol help people to lose weight, not in and of itself a weight loss product, but the metabolism is so out of kilter, came back to kilter, inflammation is reduced, and therefore the adjustment of the body in the weight loss. If you, if I, that I can say. So if people want to say, do I lose weight or not? If they say so black and white, then I say we saw patient lost weight at three months, six months, and twelve months. So seemingly is also sustainable. The information provided in this podcast is educational and not intended to diagnose or treat medical conditions. Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. Today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast, we are going to talk about why vitamin E is very important for the gut, its role in inflammatory bowel, IBS, and even polyps. We're also going to talk about the benefits of vitamin E as we age, what is important to look for when you get a vitamin E supplement, when it begins to decline naturally, and how you can go about replacing it. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the Gut Health Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Barter, and today I have Dr. Barry Tan, who is hailed as a trailblazer and the world's foremost expert on vitamin E. He's a scientist first and foremost. Dr. Tan earned his PhD in chemistry and biochemistry from the University of Otago in New Zealand and spent several years as a professor at UMass. His research and expertise includes lipid-soluble nutrients, including vitamin E, CoQ10, and omega-3s that impact on chronic conditions. He is also currently the president of the American River Nutrition and Natural Health R&D company he started with his wife, Elizabeth, in 1998. He's described as a scientific pioneer. His mission is simple, to improve everyday health of people's lives. Dr. Tan, thank you so much for being here today. I am super excited to have you on the podcast here. And and you're talking a lot about um, some nutrients that a lot of people do not talk about. So what got you interested in uh, research on vitamin E? <laughs> vitamin E, thank you for inviting me. Vitamin E have uh, interest off again, on again, off again, on again. But in my early days, when I was a, a professor at the University of Massachusetts, I was very fascinated with lipid-soluble vitamin, such as the E, A, K, and D. And then uh, e was, uh, A was the uh, well-known one back in the 1930s and 40s, and then K soon after, they kind of disappeared. And then E came up in the 1970s and 80s petered away in 2000 because of uh, studies that showed that vitamin E could potentially even be harmful. And then D came back, and then now K came back after D. So E is kind of like a little bit submerged from water. But my interest has been in it because I'm always interested in lipid-soluble vitamin, and E is one of them. Got it. That sounds great. So we'll come kind of come back to to some of the studies here. Um, but I first want to hear about why vitamin E is important for the gut. Okay, the gut. Uh, it, it, in the gut, 
uh, if you hear of any gut inflammatory bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, and, and these things, they, the, the, the cause of these disease may not be 100% known, but some of the symptoms of these disease are often known, and that oftentimes you hear the word is inflammation because the bad bugs would go up and the good bugs go down, serious inflammation fully as an antioxidant. So when something is a serious antioxidant, the inflammation would be contained and therefore it would be, in that sense alone, it will be exceedingly good for people that have gut problems. How does it work with, um, so you mentioned um, some of the inflammatory bowels. How, have, has there been any research associated with IBS um, and vitamin E? Yes, uh, uh, the, the one that uh, I can think immediately of three, one would be somebody is studying a, a precancerous condition of polyps. So they have this IB, kind of like an IBS, where it's a little bit off uh, on the site of polyps, which is precancerous. And they saw that when they did that, the, the polyps uh, 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 size and the polyps reduction uh, uh, is much better reduced. And then the polyp did not go to cancerous condition. In another study, it's, clear, it's clearly IBS induced a colon cancer, and they saw that the severity of the colon cancer in the animal is reduced. So those, and then the third one, my colleague in Texas did this. Uh, uh, when they gave people a, a, a tocotrienol vitamin, not tocopherol, tocotrienol vitamin E, the good, essentially the good bugs go up and the bad bugs go down. So there is a balance there. So in that sense, I see this very positive for the influence in the gut microbiome. Wonderful. Because we know that some of those cases, you know, uh, any of the inflammatory bowels, you know, it has been linked to nutrient deficiency. And that is absolutely fascinating about the polyps. That's yeah, absolutely I, fascinating. I, I I, I know this is very, literally very anal in this. Some people have uh, nipped off the soft gel and, uh, and apply it anally into it. We have no such study like that. We only gave uh, uh, the animal uh, uh, oral dose and it can help like this. But they, they were encouraged by a comment that I made in the interview to a group. I don't remember the group now. Uh, they focus on uh, 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 colitis. And they were saying, I said that in most of this vitamin E, because it's lipid soluble, you, you take it with food so that it absorbs with only one exception. And the exception is if you have a, a colon problem, you may not want all of the vitamin E tocotrienol to be absorbed. Instead, you let it partially not absorb. So you slime through the colon and in that way is able to dermatologically contact with the colon. So they picked it up and then they apply it uh, 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 suppositorily. Uh, uh, I, I was amazed. I did not ask them to do that, uh, but clearly these are uh, 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 people who suffer from serious condition they apply so i don't know where that application is going but but probably in another half year i will learn from the outcome of that application that they're planning to do so what something interesting that i do in practice which is along these same lines is i give a vitamin e suppository anytime there's bleeding or hemorrhoids and it just turns it right around so we wow. do 
we do vitamin E suppositories. You do that anyway? Um, okay. So, yeah. I, so I would I would say that uh, uh, in animal study we have done this, Anne Marie, and it looked like it is a very potent. Uh, uh, of course, a more simplistic thing would be you you have the patient take the tocotrienol purposefully, almost against my good judgment, without a meal on an empty stomach. And therefore, this lipid-soluble nutrient will not be normally absorbed. Some of them will still be like more like 10, 20% rather than 50, 60% absorbed. So therefore, the 90% not absorbed will slime to the intestine and the gut. And in that way, is able to in contact help uh, uh, the gut health. Yeah, it's you're right. It's amazing. It does really work. So I know everybody is working on also uh, trying to look as young as they possibly can. So how does vitamin E help us with aging? Okay, in in the question you have, uh, maybe by intent or not, is partly loaded. Uh, uh, when people <laughs> say that they take vitamin E, they usually refer to skin health. And a lot of skincare product uses it. But then you, your question also went deeper to ask about aging. I'll answer the aging one in this way, and then you can apply to the skin and elsewhere. Each person of hundred and roughly 130 to 180 pounds, I'm averaging like that. In each person's weight, we have about 38 trillion cells. That's a big number. 38 trillion cells approximate to 5,000 times the population of the earth. Help us to contain the idea a little bit. And each of those cells look something like a bean shape. And it has a cell wall that contains the nucleus and then other things inside like mitochondria for energy, all these things. For each cell to work well, the cell wall has to be fully functional where nutrients go in and then the waste would go out. And in so doing, I call, I exemplify this as a proper gated community, a community of organelles inside. But if the gated community is not functioning well, the cell will begin to age. It doesn't really die. It begins to age and it becomes partially dysfunctional. I know many people explain anti-aging differentially. I try to explain it very simplistically and it helps. On the cell wall now, 80% of the cell wall is actually fat. So when people say that they have 25, 30% fat, yes, they can hold on to their love handle or the butt like that, but more than half of those fat, they cannot see that is in the cell wall. Now that I explain this, how do I bring it back to the anti-aging thing? If you think of the three main food group, protein, fat, and carbohydrate, I don't want any of them to get oxidized. And everybody said that their thing is an antioxidant. I'll tell you how to cut the chase off of the meaning of antioxidant that is critical. Yes, it is true. I don't want my I don't want my fat, carbohydrate, and protein to get oxidized. But of these three major groups, the easiest thing to get oxidized is fat. If you drive past a roadkill on a summer day, that smell. If you have a stick of butter on a hot summer day, come back two hours, you smell the stick of butter, that smell. So if you have a hunk of steak out there or something like that, it doesn't smell. Eventually, it will go bad. And even the hunk of steak that go bad, the first part of the steak that go bad will actually be a bit of oxidized fat. So 
all this to say, the lowest line fruit, a fruit of things that go bad first would be the fat. Therefore, when you come back to the cell wall, 80% is fat. I care most that the fat would go bad so that the gate will not work properly and then the nutrient wouldn't go in. Now, have, now that I cut your, your audience attention, more than 90% of the antioxidant that land onto the cell wall, they are vitamin E molecule. Yes, CoQ10 is good. Yes, carotenes are good. And yes, resveratrol, EGCG, all these are antioxidant, lutein, azacentin, but none of them land on the cell wall as well as the vitamin E molecule. So in the 1980, there was a famous professor. He extracted all the antioxidant in the cell wall and not surprisingly, more than 90% of those antioxidant in the cell wall are vitamin E molecule. So therefore, vitamin E is good to help in anti-aging because they protect uh, the cell wall so that so that the cell will perform the proper function. That's it. So if the audience captured this and nothing else, then you gain the most and the simplistic form of what vitamin E ought to do in the human body. How do we know if we're <laughs> deficient in vitamin E? E, and then when do we start to become deficient, like based on our age? Okay. I think the, the, uh, uh, this one, I, I have to uh, go. All of us know vitamin E as an antioxidant, and we take it to protect our body. It is already off a bit from the original discovery. Alpha tocopherol was known uh, uh, to perform a bodily function. And then because of that, it became the superstar status of vitamin. And it just go from the letter and then E was not taken and therefore it became vitamin E. But much of the audience, including myself initially, did not know. Alpha tocopherol became a vitamin, not primarily because of its antioxidant property, though it is an antioxidant. It became a vitamin because it helped the fetus to full term. And I repeat this, it helped mm. the fetus to full term. So therefore, vitamin E as about 15 milligram as alpha tocopherol is needed in a prenatal vitamin for that reason alone. However, since the discovery <clears throat> exactly 100 years ago by two pediatricians from UC Berkeley that have long been forgotten. No, few people know vitamin E as a birth vitamin, which in fact it, it, it is as a vitamin, but it's known mostly as the <clears throat> antioxidant, which it is also. The antioxidant piece is this. We don't make vitamin in a human body and vitamin E is made by the plant, particularly the plant that produces oil and fat. Therefore, vitamin E is gotten from soy and corn because soy and corn contains a lot of fat and is protecting the oxidative damage. So you see, if you clock it in and say, aha, if the plant make vitamin E to do that, and if we take vitamin E, it should protect our fat, that's it. If we got that, that's a good concept. It's not what is known for as a vitamin, but it is. So now you ask the question, how do we know we have enough vitamin? When a person does not have enough vitamin E, their skin is parchy and very dry. 
like that. But that other could be symptoms of vitamin C deficiency and other things as well. But that's the vitamin E. But by the time you get your skin very dry and parchy, uh, 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 Dr. Bada, that is already quite late. So we want to know it sooner. And the sooner would be an alternative and forward-looking uh, a chiropractic physician like that, like yourself. You do blood work. When you do blood work, you look for inflammation, you look for oxidative damage to the fat, and sometimes people look at the, the, the integrity of the red blood cell in the blood work. When they see that not doing well, then they say, okay, this person could be low in vitamin E. So usually that kind of vitamin E they're referring to is alpha tocopherol, which 95% of the vitamin E you find on the shelf is that. I'm hoping that in this talk, I'll be able to bring to the audience attention a new narrative, not the popular tocopherol, but the lesser known tocotrienol that clearly have differentiated functions from tocopherol. So hopefully I answer your question in part. So just one thing that I think is so interesting is to get a baby to full birth weight. I, I'm seeing more and more kids be put on... Um, growth hormone? Was that a vitamin E deficiency initially, potentially? Because that's very, very common these days. Um, there, is a, there is a hormone deficiency connection to vitamin E, but I have not seen that link uh, 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 very strong. The link to vitamin E uh, is that when the fetus is growing, the, the fetus is one of the few organs sorry, a few life form, not organ, because they're already organistic, the few life form that grow even faster than a tumor cell. That's not the kind of discussion you want to talk to an expectant mom, the tumor like that. Mm -hmm. A cancer grows rapidly, but the fetus grow faster than a tumor. And in the growth of the fetus, the cell multiply like mad. So the cell multiply like mad, the cell wall is growing like mad, like this, and, and the vitamin E is in the cell wall. So when you have the cell going like mad, you have to have enough vitamin E there to protect the cell wall. Same idea like that. So however, when it comes to tumor, it does the exact opposite. So when you have the cell wall growing, like remember the tumor also going like mad, and when you add those tocotrienol vitamin E, it will directly kill the tumor cell. That I know you're probably not thinking about this uh, when, when you were talking about tocotrienol. That uh, we found almost stunningly unusual of tocotrienol vitamin E. It directly go into the cell wall and it actually cause a, a, a pro-oxidant effect and then it kill the tumor cell, whereby when we treat it to the normal cell of the patient, then it didn't do normal cell other than as an antioxidant. Hey, this is Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Have you ever spent hours searching for the right supplements to heal your body? And when you finally found them, Maybe you weren't sure it was a brand that you could trust or if the products were safe. After hearing about these issues time and time again, I decided to put together a complete store of supplements for healing and supporting your gut at DrAnneMarieBarter.com. There are supplements for constipation, thyroid health, gut health, energy, and so much more. There are bundles created for sleep support, 
pain support, histamine support, and the list just goes on and on. These supplements I use personally or I've handpicked because they've worked time and time again on countless cases in the office. And on the website, you can see what ingredients we use to put your mind at ease. If you visit DrAnnMarieBarter.com and use the promo code podcast to get 10% off your next order. So what are you waiting for? Go visit Dr. Anne Marie Barter and get 10% off your supplement bundle. Ciao. And now back to our episode. Right. So you, there, there's been some recent news articles that have come out that have talked about vitamin E being harmful and dangerous for your health and some in a supplement to always avoid what is going on in those studies? What 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 are they discussing? Thank you for asking that question. Those studies began uh, in the 1990s, and it kind of like died a royal death in 2010, in those uh, 20 years. Because of the fame of vitamin E in Tocafro in the 1970s and 80s, a lot of money was pumped into doing this by the U.S. government done in a Harvard uh, 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 Medical School and the VA hospital. Huge number of, uh, of people, the, the physician, health professional study like that. In those studies, they were looking for men and women for cardiovascular health, uh, for women postmenopausal women. They're normally healthy people. But because the study has 30,000, 40,000 people, they can sub-segregate the study into those who are smokers, not smokers, postmenopausal, not postmenopausal, all kinds of things. Even when they subbed it up, they still have two, 3,000 people. So they can do those studies. When those studies came out, they found that people who take a 200 milligram or 200 IU, 400 IU or 1000 IU like that, instead of helping to improve cardiovascular health, it is it, it null or at worst increase, increase cardiovascular health. That's not good news. But the worst news is potentially cause breast cancer in postmenopausal women. That's a big alarm bell, and in men even increase prostate cancer and lung cancer on those who are smokers, immediately the break was put on. But uh, why is that? My theory is that those vitamin E that they talk about, first, they are synthetic. They are referring to alpha-tocopherol, no tocotrienol. And alpha-tocopherol among the vitamin E are the, is the only one that have a transport protein. So now I'm using a new phrase. What is a transport protein? If you think of the, the nutrient we get in our body, most of that uh, goes through the cell wall to diffusion. Low, uh, low concentration, high concentration, it diffuses from high concentration to low concentration. You just have a spoon of sugar in your water. You don't stir the water. You can see the wiggly thing. It goes from high concentration. That's diffusion, like that. When you have a transport protein, it is not diffusion anymore. It is a rite of passage. Just think of it. You have 1,000 people allowed to go to the Oscar thing. They line up the night before. They just have to wait in line. If you were to be Nicole Kidman, for example, you already have some Oscar like that. They don't wait in line. They just go right through. That's a rite of passage. Transport protein mean that if a compound have a transport protein, they will have a rite of passage. They go right through. 
alpha-tocopherol is the only vitamin E that have a right of passage. So when people take 400 milligram or 1000 milligram, they already take so much of this, even if by pure diffusion, they would go in fast. But instead, they have a rite of passage. They go in like mad. Nobody know of all this alpha-tocopherol went in what happened to them. Now the studies show that it could cause the condition I mentioned to you. So that vitamin E thing just died of a royal death. So I feared in those 1990 and 2000, I was already studying tocotrienol. I'm going to die with this. I'm like the baby with the bathwater thrown away. But I persisted, uh, Dr. Bada, in the last 20, 30 years to do tocotrienol study. We never found tocotrienol to be toxic in all the 20 over clinical trials that we study on the myriad of chronic conditions. I'll just mention them and I'll leave you to decide which one you want to pick me up, uh, pick it up to say. We study people with dyslipidemia. We study people with uh, pre-diabetes, metabolic syndrome, type 2 diabetes, and a special condition of uh, metabolic syndrome, fatty liver uh, uh, condition, and men and women with uh, overweight and obesity, and finally, a whole big class uh, of people with cancer, but mostly these are chronic condition. We have, we have seen that the different tocotrienol differentiate from tocopherol functions that tocopherol does not do, and we were never able to document chronic, uh, uh, document uh, a safety issue like tocopherol that you brought to my attention to discuss. So uh, what were you seeing when you actually utilize natural forms of vitamin E? Because so many of people are afflicted with um you know, quite a few of these conditions. Um, but I'm just going to pick out, you know, metabolic syndrome, which is kind of pre-diabetes. You have higher, you know, basically cholesterol, higher blood sugar, as well as um, you have you have liver enzymes that have elevated. So yes. those things, and then ultimately, you know, being overweight um, as well. So how does vitamin E help those two conditions, what are you noticing with that? We first studied this uh, with people with hypercholesterolemia that didn't have the other condition. And we saw that the cholesterol dropped a bit. But while we were looking that in the lipid panel that you may have uh, from your patient, I noticed, oh, the triglyceride also dropped. So we did more study, the triglyceride consistently dropped. So this is a part, it is a teaching moment. I hope that you will allow me to do this. <laughs> when when Professor Gerald Reben first came up with this metabolic thing, he called it uh, syndrome X because he didn't know what this was. Uh, Gerald Reben has since retired and passed away from Stanford like that. And, and when he figured it out, then it become metabolic syndrome. Some of the audience may or may not know this. I met him one time when he was getting an award in American Diabetes Association on his way out to take a flight back, back, back to uh, Stanford. He was a little bit not happy that I stopped him, but, but so he only gave me a one sentence. Is you walk away with this, then you figure out what I mean. So he just, so he simply said this. Hypertriglyceridemia always precedes hyperglycemia. In, in short, High triglyceride always come first before you have high sugar. 
Therefore, people will not become diabetic first in the metabolic syndrome. The triglyceride will go up. That will be the first sign something is going off like that. And we consistently saw the triglyceride go down. So now with those understanding of metabolic syndrome, so we decided to study people pre-diabetes. That means they're not diabetic, the sugar is normal high. And we noticed that the liver enzyme dropped a little bit, as you indicated. I, I call the liver enzyme drop a stress enzyme of the liver they drop. And then, of course, since we're studying inflammation, so we study C-reactive protein. We have, we have done so many of this study. It is yawning to me. I just do it and it always do. So the C-reactive protein drop, but we also measure oxidized fat. Remember I told you, tocotrienol oxide and the oxidized fat drop. So we saw that marker drop. Then we study, we decided to study people with fatty liver. They also have metabolic syndrome, it's part of the whole cluster. Here we were doing nuance study. The fat was in the liver. So we actually have ultrasound to map the fat. The fat also egress from the liver. That is really good news. And then in the last study we did, three-month study, a six-month study, and finally we did 12-month study. This is so easy to say. My entire Never mind everything I've done before. Just the fatty livers, three clinical trials we did is eight years of my life. Besides all the other stuff that I've talked to you before. So I, I just hone in on just because the last thing we've done. In a 12-month study, we directly compare to alpha-tocopherol because people ask about alpha-tocopherol and the tocotrienol, different group. And the tocotrienol, in the alpha-tocopherol works. But the tocotrienol worked above that of alpha-tocopherol in two things. It reduced better the inflammation than that of alpha-tocopherol one. The second one, I did not expect. Actually, I noticed this in the three and six months, but I saw this in 12 months, so I have to accept that this actually worked. I was resisting because I know how people would read the study if I say it, but now I have to say at least in the three, six, and 12 months. These fatty liver metabolic syndrome people that are overweight, they, cons they consistently reduce weight. The reduction of weight is typically 10 to 15 pounds. At three, six, and 12 months, they consistently lost it, so it's sustainable. So therefore, people is sure to ask me, is this a weight loss product? That's the part that I'm very really at about. In weight loss product, they usually see something in four weeks or less. Well, we don't have data for four weeks or less, but we do have data at three, six, and 12 months. We think that tocotrienol help people to lose weight, not in and of itself a weight loss product, but the metabolism is so out of kilter, came back to kilter, inflammation is reduced and therefore the adjustment of the body in the weight loss if you if i that i can say so if people want to say do i lose weight or not if they say so black and white then i say we saw patient loss weight at three months six months and 12 months so seemingly is also sustainable so that to me that is really icing on the cake you know, I know it's a bad metaphor, but it's actually a, a good thing. We actually saw this, even though we did not expect this. So where do we find this natural vitamin E? Now, okay, you if you go on my web, our website, American 
River Nutrition. Or you type my name, Barry Tan, because I speak, uh, I spoke on this so many times. You can easily uh, track me down. We, we are the only place in the U.S. that make toco traino. We extract it from a plant called anato, this beautiful plant here. The anato, if you touch it, I pretend to touch it, it stains your finger. And those color from anato is used for coloring cheese. So I remove the color and discover the vitamin E. And the vitamin E that I discovered from them, surprisingly, it did not contain any tocopherol, only tocotrieno. And the only other two sources I found is from rice and palm. So if you were to go to the store to buy vitamin E, 90% or more of the time, the vitamin E would be tocopherol. So you have to put that aside. You look for tocotrieno vitamin E and you want it to say anato, A-N-N-A-T-T-O, anato tocotrieno. But if you really want to hone in on, the, is this the anato that American River make? We just trade name it Delta Gold because the, the main tocotrieno in it is called Delta tocotrieno. We call it Delta Gold. And if you go to my website, they say, oh, buying tocotrieno, we don't, sell them because we make them in buckets of uh, one ton tote or something like that. So, but we'll list all the companies that sell them. If you want some names of how you can buy from Amazon, a very strong and good health professional company is Designs for Health. Designs for Health sell this and they simply just call it Anato E, 150 milligram or, or 300 milligram. Now, before I pass on to the dosage, I can only mention this in the clinical study. We are not allowed to say it on the bottle. We can send published work. You can go to our website. You can download papers that you can read, or uh, you can uh, download my book here uh, 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 to read yourself. It's free. Uh, <clears throat> the, when we did a normal person, uh, they take anywhere from 100 to 200 milligram, depending on the weight. It's just an antioxidative pro uh, uh, protection. We did it on people 60 to 65 years old uh, at the elderly stage, and it helped them in the oxidative protection. And then in the pre-diabetes and diabetes study, mild chronic condition is somewhere between 200 to 400 milligram. And then in studies that we have fatty liver, and cancer study, there's 600 milligram and higher like that. So, but those are very serious condition. And when you take it, just remember to take it uh, with a meal. And I know uh, uh, before the podcast, you asked me the question. So in the instance for people, they may have gut problem. There may be an exception to the rule. You may purposely want to take the tocotrienol a pill on an empty stomach, that means that only 10, 20% is absorbed, 80% or so is not absorbed. So you'll go to the gut and probably in contact physically on the outside of the body to help the colon help. But in all other cases, taking it with a meal will be able to enter systemically. <laughs> awesome. And where can people find you in your book? Um, they can find me in a book here. Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, tan.com. You'll be able to go. Or if you lost that thing, you simply type my name or American River Nutrition. Get it. So, well, 
Thank you so much for being here today. It's been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Hopefully your audience will have a, a, a learning information from this and have a wonderful weekend. Be blessed. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne-Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.